This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to the show. My name is Adam Ritz. And on the telephone, uh, just like last week, social distancing, across town from his home studio is Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, I am doing great. Now, uh, like all of us, uh, during this working from home period, I've had a few service technicians come to my house. And this episode of the Adam Ridge Show under quarantine uh, ha- quite possibly could be interrupted by a service technician that you're waiting on a- at your house. Is that right? <laughs> that is correct. You know, I found two things. You need a television provider and you need internet. And when one of those goes a little wacky, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not an emergency, but yes, getting prompt service is important. And they, you know, they give you the four-hour window, and uh, of yes. course, that's right when we record the show. So, I don't know. You have dogs, right? If I hear a doorbell and a bunch of dogs barking, I know he uh, or she has shown up to fix uh, something in your house. Um, if you hear something that sounds like a fire drill, you'll know that he has arrived. And you know what? Bring him on the show. Give him a microphone. We'll see uh, what his company's up to during uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, this is the Adam Ridge Show. We're glad you're here. I wanted to highlight uh, a charity. Uh, of sorts, as uh, we look to life during COVID, I know you've seen a few of these Josh Gad reunion specials on YouTube. Have you watched the uh, the Goonies one or the Back to the Future one? I love the Back to the Future one. That is such a compelling movie, and it was just great his overview of it. And it's so cool how many of the old stars are still around. It's, it's really neat in this uh, world of Zoom and uh, video meetings on your computer. The, uh, the world of entertainment in Hollywood has gotten involved by having reunions and get-togethers. I saw one last week uh, with the members of, uh, or the cast members from The Office getting together, and uh, they were doing some dance from their backyards, and it's just neat to see, you know, Creed <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and Kevin and... Uh, Michael Scott, they're doing, you know the the cast you know and love from The Office back together on a Zoom. Well, Josh Gad, who uh, has been in several productions in film and TV, uh, most notably, I guess, recently as the voice of Olaf in the Frozen movies. Um, he played uh, a keyboardist in the movie The Rocker with Rain Wilson. Uh, yes. I know he was. Uh, he had a big part as uh, in um, uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the uh, live action remake um, with uh, Hermione from uh, Harry Potter. That was the star of that as Belle. Uh, he, he's uh, he's he's a list famous. He's a he's a big name. Uh, he was a big name before Olaf from Frozen, and now you you look at that role that's uh, just blast him into the uh, stratosphere of A-list performers. Well, he's been hosting, it was his idea, it's on his YouTube channel. He hosts a show called Reunited Apart, which is a great title because it's a get-together, um, a re, uh, reunion of sorts, but it's a reunion. You can't get together, so you do it apart on Zoom. His first episode last month was with the cast of The Goonies, which was really cool. And he's doing this to raise money for COVID-19 and uh, charities that support COVID-19. 
Um, the most recent episode with the Back to the Future cast, the one that you saw, it, it really is amazing. Michael J. Fox, Elizabeth Shue, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, even Huey Lewis is on this episode talking about how he wrote the song The Power of Love, which became a number one hit uh, in 1985. So just how the movie came together, they're sharing memories of the film that uh, pretty much the entire planet Earth has fallen in love with. And they raise money for charity. So I just wanted to tip my captain's hat to Josh Gad in these uh, video series known as Reunited Apart. Uh, The Back to the Future episode supported Project Hope, which according to their website is an organization that works on the front lines of the world's health challenges, partnering hand-in-hand with communities, healthcare workers, and public health systems to ensure sustainable change. So the, the videos on YouTube are earning millions of views, which in turn is uh, a revenue share for Josh, for Josh. And then he has a, a donate button for people to actually donate cash. And his, uh, I'm assuming his revenue share and the, uh, cert- most certainly the cash is going for uh, the charities. Um, Gad announced that the first episode with the Goonies, uh, and you haven't seen that one, Jay? I have not you, seen that one yet. I, I mean, I'm telling you, when the show's over, go watch it. You've got um, um, who, who's the uh, oh, Corey Feldman. You've got Corey yes. Feldman in this video. <laughs> You've got uh, Josh Brolin, who's probably the biggest name out of all of those little kid stars today. I mean, he was he was Thanos. <laughs> um, yeah. You even have. Uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, Sean Astin, who uh, who was Rudy. I mean, he he was a, he's a huge. He was in Stranger Things. I mean, some of these kids uh, have gone on to bigger and better things. Some of the cast members that never did another movie after the Goonies, you'll recognize them, and it's just neat to see them talk about their lives post Goonies and their memories of making that film when they were a kid. Well, the Goonies episode netted uh, two million views on YouTube and uh, has raised over $30,000 to support the Center for Disaster Philanthropy, which prides itself as the only full-time national resource dedicated to helping donors maximize their impact by making more intentional disaster-related giving decisions. So again, Hats off to Josh Gad and the YouTube series Reunited Apart, entertaining, fun, and raising money for COVID-19. Uh, this is the Adam Rich Show. We're brought to you in part by Vibonomics. Thank you to our main supporter and underwriter, Vibonomics. We're in the Vibonomics studios right now, and you can learn more about their audio advertising platform, their out-of-home audio advertising marketplace at vibonomics.com. And if you uh, are driving right now, you can't write down how to spell it, just go to our website. We have a link uh, right on the page of this show. And every show we do with the Vibonomics logo, just click the link. And that website is, guess what? I mean, it's crazy how this works out. That website is adamritzshow.com. Jay Baker, Life During COVID. A lot of uh, public affairs uh, consequences and issues happening coast to coast. What do you want to talk about? Well, once again, I give you another snapshot of kind of what we're doing here in America. The great news is the word reopen is showing up more and more in search queries on the Internet. And that is because people are very interested in finding out what is the reopening of their state or their favorite restaurant 
or some of their favorite stores that maybe were non-essential businesses a few weeks ago. But now as states slowly but surely ease some of the restrictions, those stores are reopening. I know that uh, you are probably a little excited that uh, because you're Mr. Restaurant is in many areas, you can now go to your favorite restaurant again and dine in. It's funny you mentioned that because this weekend, uh, my where I the county I live in is finally opening up the the deck of the restaurant. You're allowed to sit on the on the outdoor patio or deck space of the restaurant. Of course, with you know social distancing, uh, x amount of feet apart from the next table. But uh, I live on the county line uh, of the county that you live in, so. Just a, a mile north of me, I'd be in your county, where the restaurants opened, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Yes. So, I didn't quite realize, I passed uh, an Olive Garden last week, and the parking lot was full. And I, I said to my girlfriend, what's going on there? And she said, well, restaurants opened uh, in, in Hamilton County, um, and I live in Marion County. So, I don't get to go to restaurants, <laughs> uh, but... Well, but uh, I, the thing is, for, for Memorial Day weekend, Marion County is allowing the restaurants to open that have outdoor seating. And I am going to go to a high-end steakhouse and pay way too much for a steak and sit on the deck and eat that steak like it's, uh, like it's my last meal. I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, I know. And I know you love restaurants, and it's probably going to be worth it to spend way too much to enjoy the dining experience again. And the conundrum that you touched on is a situation now that many people are finding themselves in. Municipalities and rural areas, as you said, they're defined by counties or city limits. Sometimes it's vastly different what the city is expecting than sometimes the rest of the state. And everyone has another little problem. If you live on the edge of your state, as you said, it might be, let's say, six miles in a given direction. You have a completely set of different rules because you're in another state. Yeah. So that's why people are, are you know, hitting the query reopen because they want to find out exactly what is reopening and when will it be reopened. I've got a pal who lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it's close to southern Michigan. And uh, he just posted on Facebook last week that he drove uh, about uh, 45 minutes south so he could go to a brew pub in northern Indiana because the restaurants weren't open in Michigan yet. Right. <laughs> well, and you'll love this. Uh, famously, I went to high school and worked radio in northern Indiana, and Michigan was always a much more progressive state. Of course, this was obviously very pre-pandemic, but it was a situation where, you know, the alcohol laws, the food laws, everything was very different in Michigan and a lot more fun, frankly. So most people from Indiana would take more than the occasional trip to the adjoining state to enjoy their laws. Well, you know, uh, Jay, in the in the old days, uh, the state of Florida was one of the last states to up the drinking age to 21. That's right. And in the in the early to mid 80s, uh, you could you know, if you weren't 21 yet, you could drive across state lines to Florida and legally drink alcohol. Well, who would have thought that that same sentiment 
30 years later would be just to go get a burger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I can't have a burger in my state in a restaurant. I'm going to drive down to Florida so I can go out to eat. Yeah, there's no fuss about the beer, but there's plenty of fuss about the burger for sure. One of the big uh, searches on the Internet was when will GameStop reopen, which is indicating to researchers that people are getting bored to death and they need new video games. So I thought that was pretty funny. You know who is excited to hear that people are wondering when GameStop is going to open? The CEO of GameStop. That's yes, who's excited. He's ecstatic. I mean, if nobody cared, they'd be looking for new jobs. Absolutely. Okay, so when things reopen, Adam, 44% of Americans will still feel more comfortable if they continue to social distance. And as you said about restaurants that are reopening in our general area, they are going to try to be as strict as they can be about keeping patrons at least six feet apart, because I think people's comfort level will be more in that wheelhouse. You know, and, and you're talking about strangers, too. So here at the studios today, uh, there are some coworkers here, and you know, I'm mindful when I was talking to them to keep uh, a little bit of a social distance, but I know them and I'm friendly with them and I'm familiar with them and I'm warmer with them. If they were a total stranger, I would uh, add another six feet on top of the suggested six feet to try to stay even farther away from a stranger. I don't know who they are. And that's pretty much everybody inside a restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When I do research for the show, believe it or not, the one compelling issue is social distancing works. And it has really proven to be uh, an effective tool and yet still try to remain social to some extent. So I think you're absolutely correct about that. And uh, I tend to be a little wary of strangers myself. Yet, as you said, somebody you know, you almost feel like, you know, giving them back the 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 old handshake or the man hug or any of that stuff. And you realize eh, we really can't do that, you know, with a stranger. Yeah, it's just it's just different. You know, I had a this week. I'll tell you a little story. I have uh, a, I'm looking to update my my kitchen and I had a cabinet guy come in to the house to give us an estimate and measure the cabinets, whatever. And the first thing he did when I let him in the house, walked him down the hall, got in the kitchen. I turned around, and before I knew it, he was shaking my hand. Wow. I didn't extend my hand. Uh, he he did, and I, I didn't want to reach out to shake his hand, but somehow muscle memory kicked in, and before I knew it, I was shaking his hand. And yeah. uh, Melissa and I laughed about it later because I'm like, as soon as I ended the handshake— I didn't know how rude it would be for me to walk immediately to my sink and wash my hand. Uh, I didn't know if that was going to be taken the wrong way. Like, hey, Mr. Right. Gross Kitchen Cabinet Man, <laughs> you, just didn't, you just got me all gross. Uh, well, and you said the key word is muscle memory. If muscle memory. extends their hand. You shake their hand. You shake their hand. And so you got you got to be conscious. You know, somebody you don't know, uh, you just met, they extend their hand. I don't know. What do you do? And that, think about how you'd react. You say, oh, no, thanks. Um, none for me yeah. today. Thank you. <laughs> no uh, handshakes here. Thanks. But I will tell you, Jay, that, that he, within 30 seconds of shaking his hand, I consciously did not touch anything with my right hand because I didn't want to contaminate my countertop or whatever. 
Uh, within 30 seconds of shaking his hand, he did cough and touch his face. And immediately mm. I went to my sink and washed my hands. I didn't care if it was rude or not. Um, yeah, and I think the hand washing and being conscious, those are good things to introduce into your life because that is going to be something that is not a bad idea during any time where you might even worry about the flu season. Yeah. So I think that you are teaching yourself some positive habits. I just didn't know if I if I aggressively washed my hands immediately after shaking his hand, if that was like, if that was likened to, if I just would have taken out a fire extinguisher and opened it up and sprayed him down with it. Absolutely. Well, and you know, too, we have some, uh, some very funny coworkers and we would, and if you accidentally shook hands with them and you immediately go, Oh, I better wash my hands. You know that that would sting them so bad. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So socially 71% of Americans say that as things begin to reopen, they would be more open to some outdoor activities. And they specifically mentioned outdoors, as you said, in the dining in the county you're living in, they're really stressing the outdoor dining because they feel like the outdoors a little bit healthier environment and a little bit easier to socially distance. So 71% of people said that they would feel comfortable attending an outdoor barbecue or a 4th of July event as long as social distancing was present. They were much less comfortable with anything like a theme park or a public pool. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a firm lover of Disney, and the Disney Corporation has really had to totally reassess their Disney expectations and their Disney experience in light of COVID-19. I'm keeping my eye on Disney. Uh, my my children and I, well, they're adult kids now. We we've just, it's tra- tradition. We every October we go to the not so scary Halloween party, and uh, I'm just wondering how. How it's going to play out? If the, what kind of half capacity uh, plexiglass system they're going to have in place? Uh, I assume everyone's costume. Uh, it's Halloween season, so I assume everyone's costume is going to be some sort of surgeon or nurse with a, a surgical mask on. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm keeping my eye on uh, on the, on Disney for sure. Well, I think Blackbeard the pirate used to socially distance, but it was mostly because he had a horrible temper and a hook. (laughs) I think those were the two things that kept people away from him. Now, they queried Americans and they said, "Okay, let's say it's midsummer. You know, things are starting to reopen. Uh, How comfortable would you be? traveling to another state and only about 40 percent said they would so that means that most people would still like to keep things close to home that traveling somewhere else even to another state might be a a difficult challenge for some people yeah i thought that number uh would be higher um i i did too yeah just to get out of the house and go somewhere i mean if you're if you're socially distancing conscious in a restaurant in your own hometown what's what's the difference if you drive four hours away well the one aspect of this that probably made me think about it too is the fact that if you go someplace else it's more limited as to what you can do once you arrive there Mm -hmm. so even if you have this compelling reason to go to let's say the wisconsin dells something you've always wanted to see all your life and then you decide well once i get there it, it 
some of the things that I would like to do, I won't be able to do once I get there. And there's the hotel and accommodations factor. Yes. Um, you don't know who stayed in the room before you, if they actually did clean it. I mean, you never know. You don't have a black light to see. Uh, I mean, it used to be just bed bugs we had to worry about in a hotel room. Now it's it's coronavirus. Yes, and you're correct about that. And then this was a somewhat shocking uh, statistic for me. That's when they said, you know, hey, it's summer and things have started to relax and sort of come back to normal. Still, 15 percent of Americans said that they won't resume any summer activities, that they'll continue to shelter in place. 15 percent? 15 percent. Now, that's not a high percentage, but that shows you the caution, trepidation, awareness, if you will, of Mm -hmm. this. It is put fear in 15 percent of our population. And that, I guess, is good enough to uh, if that number translates to how many people are not going to go to Disney World when they open and their pop, you know, the capacity will be 15 percent less Then that gives me more room to walk around the park. There you go. And everybody less, will have to explore their own comfort level. Less riffraff. If, uh, if 15 percent <laughs> uh, of America doesn't want to go where I want to go, then that's fine with me. Absolutely. Uh, Good news this week, uh, Centers for Disease Control indicated that the actual surfaces of things were not nearly as important as they initially thought. Uh, Coronavirus is uh, spread from mostly from person to person contact. And we didn't know how cautious we needed to be even when a package arrived at our house. Uh, There are some individuals that have been putting the packages aside, waiting 24 hours before opening them out of caution for coronavirus, or then being very careful that if they set a package on a counter or a table in their home, that they go back and then disinfect that area. But the CDC said, yeah, you should still continue to wash your hands. You should still be careful of touching your face. But the surface, the surfaces in your home may not be as big an issue as they initially thought. They are still recommending that multiple touch areas like doorknobs and things of that nature, uh, light switches, that you still continue to be aware and disinfect those as best you can. That is, uh, that, I heard that too. That was great to hear. Uh, but yes, be safe than sorry. Keep disinfecting, especially those high touch areas. Absolutely. And then here's something that's very interesting. This is a phenomenon that is occurring during COVID-19 and the pandemic is this has completely and totally changed the face of movies, literally the big blockbuster films the first film that everyone sort of chatted about uh, facing this, uh, you know, this uh, challenge was the new James Bond film. Were you sort of aware of the history behind that? Well, we've been talking about how uh, industries and certain businesses are going to change forever because of this pandemic. And, and yes. yeah, I'm certainly aware of, uh, of Hollywood and the movie industry, even movie theaters. Um, but I'm, I'm not specifically aware of the of the James Bond flick. 
Well, James Bond, you know, that is a film franchise Mm -hmm. where people just love James Bond. The big fans, of course, have no perspective, much in the way you love Marvel Universe stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, initially they said, well, we're going to hold off because they knew coronavirus was becoming an issue. Their initial thought was, don't worry, we'll have a big blockbuster opening on April 3rd. Well, of course, April 3rd came and went. And now they're realizing that for a Bond film to be effective, they're going to have to hold off until at least November. So that means it could be November or beyond. But one of the things about box office, and you've seen this yourself, the uh, example that everyone is giving is a film called Trolls World Tour. Mm-hmm. which I'm going to guess is a film you haven't seen, Adam. You know, uh, 10 years ago, I, I might have seen it when my kids were uh, seven, eight years old, but uh, I, I've thankfully grown out of that phase, so I don't have to see every <laughs> single kid movie that comes out anymore. No, I miss Trolls. The example that they gave, they said this is probably a fun fact that anybody over the age of six will ignore, but believe it or not, Trolls World Tour where most of the rentals were set up on uh, three-day rental specials on different streaming platforms, actually made $100 million. That is and, amazing. What were And do you have a number on what they were expecting had it come out in theaters? You know, I do not. And there's a possibility because I did touch on some research about what is happening in movie theaters. As you know, that model has completely changed. But I bet it would not have been a hundred million. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of kids, a lot of parents that wouldn't take their two year old or one year old to a theater yet, just for whatever reason. If they uh, if if they don't behave well or they're hard to control, they're like, gosh, I just I'm not taking this kid out in public until he, he or she learns how to control himself better. Uh, But guess what? At home, you can stream it online and for the same price and you get it for three days, I'm, I'm in. I think the yeah. sales would go up. You're not the only one. And uh, of interest in this article, they were talking about the fact that the box office has been fairly robust for the last 20 years. But this particular event alone, of course, the closing of almost every theater in America has changed the landscape appreciably. And as you know, Uh, Adam, the landscape had changed nicely. There were a lot of upscale theaters, and then there were a number of theaters where you could actually go in, enjoy beer, enjoy, you know, high uh, upper end snacks, et cetera. And that is going to definitely change. I have to admit, I prefer, now that I'm forced to do it, I prefer to watch a brand new film in my own home. Uh, and I, and the, the factor for me is the other people in the movie theater. And I'm not talking about germs or pandemics. I'm talking about people talking, people thinking it's okay to have a conversation, people with their phones on full brightness, lighting right. up their face during the climax of the movie. I'm talking about people that bring their baby. And as soon as I see someone walk in with a pumpkin seat and a baby in it, <laughs> I, I want to leave the theater and get my money back because uh, I did have an experience once. It was um, it was one of the Captain America movies years ago, uh, and at the exact climax of the movie, 
this baby started crying and the parent did not leave the theater. They stayed inside wow. the theater with this. And I'm not, I don't mean like two-year-old. I'm talking a, a four, five, six-month-old baby. And I am fine with sitting in my converted living room, which I call the theater room now, uh, <laughs> in my boxer shorts without anybody else on their phone or a baby crying or uh, a couple on their third date that, that where the guy's trying to be funny and he's having a conversation and I have to turn around and say, would you be quiet, please? And the next thing you know, I'm in a fight in the parking lot. That's all history for me because I don't right. know if I'll ever go back to a theater anyway. I do miss the 152-ounce Diet Coke refill. Which, I, I know, miss the popcorn, I'll be honest. That's what I miss the most. <laughs> uh, but there's some pretty good microwave popcorn out there. <laughs> there that, is. That I'm okay with. Um, maybe there's a, a new business where it's just movie theater popcorn in a, in a kiosk in the mall where there's no move. It's just the snack bar. It's just yeah. the movie theater snack bar, and the, there's no more theater where you have to go in and watch a movie. You just walk up to the snack bar and buy your $12 bucket of popcorn and go home. I think if somebody could create a home delivery business that involved, uh, as you said, the actual theater popcorn and then the one million ounce air refueling size container. Well, we will uh, we will get to work on that business model. Certainly interesting to think about how the motion picture industry is changing and will change forever. Jay, thank you so much for your life during COVID report. To hear this show again or past episodes, they're listed on our website, adamritzshow.com. Thank you for joining us. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.